I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is another episode of Convo by Design with an incredible digital resource for any creator, designer, or artist who wants to get some new eyes on their work. The resource is called WeScover. You can find them at WeScover.com, and you're about to hear from Allison Murray, content director at WeScover. This is a digital portal for any creative work. They connect people places, and the work itself. I spoke with Allison late in 2019, and while editing this piece, I was trying to find the best time on my editorial calendar to share this with you, and then things sort of made the choice for me. 2020 started off great in SoCal Design, KBiz in January, Modernism Week in February, and then coronavirus happened. The most amazing thing about creative endeavors is that they're an experience to be part of and to share with others. And when something like COVID-19 strikes, it makes the sharing part very difficult. There will most likely be many more canceled events in the early spring and possibly summer months. The life's blood of creative types is the export of work and the import of inspiration. This is about connections and finding new sources of inspiration. One artist, designer, architect, creator, or podcaster at a time. This is Allison Murray, content director of WeScover. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zanger, a fantastic company and an equally fantastic design partner. While the Walker Zanger brand was built on the promise to inspire designers and architects to do their best work, there's far more to it than that. Yes, that promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But at the heart is a family-owned and operated business that provides stunning surfaces for a well-designed home and does it to make designers and architects do their best work for their clients. Walker Zanger started in 1952, and they are absolutely one of the best trade partners a designer can have. Check out their newest collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan, a collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. And they provide homeowners with the materials that dream kitchens and baths are made of. Check out any of their 14 showrooms across the country or shop online, walkerzanger.com. Tell me about the company, when the company started, why the company started, how the company started, and basically how you came on in your role. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a great founding story. Our founder, Raheli and Yoad have worked together on other venture capital startups before. Um, and the idea came about when she moved to San Francisco and she was designing our house. And she's new to, new to the city, really interested in finding unique pieces. And she really cares where her money goes, not just um, on finding really beautiful, unique objects, but also who it supports. Um, so she starts going, she, she's also a big foodie. So she's going around to these beautiful restaurants thinking, oh, these chairs are so comfortable. I want these in my at my dining table. Oh, these light fixtures are beautiful. Um, and so she started to try and figure out from this moment of inspiration how she could source these unique designs that she was having in-person experiences with. Um, and it was incredibly difficult. There's no way to kind of, other than flipping a plate over, <laughs> crawling under the table to look at the brand of the chairs, asking the maitre d'. Um, 
she found this problem and kind of came up with the concept for WeScover as a solution. So uh, what WeScover does is we're an art and design discovery platform. Um, we're really a technology company. We're focused on mapping where unique objects and elements of art and design exist in public spaces and private homes, um, and then kind of crediting and attributing everyone who made um, the space come to life. So we <laughs> talk about everything from um, the countertops to the, the custom chairs, the bars, the chandelier, and the artwork on the walls. And I, and I love that. So what's your background and when did you join the company? Yeah, so I came on actually, um, I started my career as a writer for Afar magazine. Um, so I helped with their digital content there. Um, so bringing a perspective from travel and as a writer, um, I've always been curious about the design space and how that kind of influences our experiences in new places and draws us um, into new, um, new spaces. And so I started as a freelance writer for them. I did a little blog piece and got to know Raheli, got to know the story was really inspired by the company and so I um, started early on when it was just four of us and now the company is growing and taking off and it's a great thing to be a part of. So I love the platform Mm -hmm. and I love what it is. I imagine it's really difficult to start a new social media platform. It's, It's one of those things where to get the word out is the first part. To identify and that's the thing too is it's very specific which I love Mm -hmm. Um, but then also it's the attribution of Mm -hmm. all the products that's laborious and that's hard work especially with a small crew Mm -hmm. how do you how do you manage that process well I think like Internally, we have an amazing team. We have people who are really passionate and bring really different um, backgrounds and skill sets. Um, as a startup, we're always moving and hustling and trying to kind of do the best we can. Um, but also the really amazing part is the community. Tapping into kind of the creator set, um, people are really referring and crediting each other's work. I think unlike other industries, they're excited to support each other. They're excited to kind of figure out how they're connected through spaces. Um, so that has been a huge driver behind everything that we do. What's the content strategy? Um, in terms of like gathering content and mm-hmm. mapping spaces, yeah. um, a lot of it is referral based um, from the creators themselves. So they kind of credit their work, say, hey, um, I sold, uh, Fern's always a great example. They sold their chairs to Belota in San Francisco. And then from there, we'll kind of either connect with the space owner to ask where else they might have, pe- or what other pieces are in their space, or the creator themselves will say, oh, I." Also, like as we were doing the install, I met the designer of the light fixtures and like that's who made those and they're beautiful. And I also saw their work in this other space. And so it kind of has this snowball effect where you start to recognize each other's work or see um, how people have friendships within the industry and want to kind of promote each other's pieces and also bring each other's pieces into the same spaces because some of them work so well together despite different design styles and um, functionality. So backing up a second because I think this is really unique is the aspect of mapping mm-hmm. so talk to me about the process of mapping and sort of the idea behind it and that is I mean correct me if I'm wrong but that is really the the unique unique proposition the unique sales proposition for for what we discover is is the fact that it, it maps these projects and it, it's more than just a resource yeah absolutely it's a really like hard I struggle explaining the concept because all of the the designs on our map we think of it as um, 
almost a point of presence. So you don't just have a beautiful image of a, a chair at a hotel. You have the, the item name, the location it's in, and who made it, which is like a byline in a magazine. So you always have this really core piece of information, which is a fact about the item. Um, from there, uh, you described it as a social network. I think of it as an object network. So everything's connected by the object, the space, and the person. So from from the physical thing that uh, the creator came into existence and the place that it ended up in, you can see all these connections form, uh, but always starting with an object. Do you know it's it's really interesting you say that because first of all, I never really thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. and, and the second part of that is I I think it really depends on the. And again, it's just sort of dawned on me that it depends on the person who's viewing to determine what it is or what it's going to mean to them. With my with my background, with what I do, yeah. it's always people first. Yeah. So, like, I started I started the podcast because of the people, mm -hmm. because I love working with designers and I love working with architects and I love working with artists. For me, the product has always been sort of like secondary. Not mm -hmm. that it's not equally important, yeah. but it's all—it's always been secondary to the people. So, when I think about um, Weescover, and I think about social media, which is kind of like how I—how I've always viewed it, yeah. it's always been about the creatives, and then from the creatives, their 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 work, and then derivatives of their work, and sort of like how the products sort of fit into it. But that's not that's not how how you necessarily view it which i think is really interesting well i think for like the average consumer um the entry point is typically the the piece the the physical experience with something right um and what we're trying to do is reveal the human connections because unless you're tapped into a design community unless you kind of start to th have this mentality of a design discoverer um you might not think of those as representing an individual designer you know think about the hands of the craftsman that made it um and that's kind of one of the the goals of what we're doing is to bring that to the forefront of every space you walk into and inspire people to be curious about the people that are behind um, the objects that they see in front of them. Hmm. So how do you, okay, start up. About the people, about the products. How do you manage the process where clearly Southern California, Northern California, it's a rich, it's a target rich environment, yeah. right? New York, target rich environment. Yeah. But there's a lot of people, places, products, and things that are between the two. How does one manage finding creatives, finding product in, in those, you know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. It's an issue. <laughs> it's a huge challenge. Um, and also, it's, I'm trying to think of what the statistic was. Where I think we estimated that there are only over like 9 million creator-made pieces that are, you know, out there to BAP in America. Um, don't quote me. Let me check that one. But... Um, <laughs> So, no, but, you're quoted. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, I won't but hold you to so it. there are so many, um, so many original works out there, and kind of what we've been doing is just starting to kind of pull at a thread and unravel it from a space, from a creator, from a connection. Um, something that we're starting to do more of, and we just launched it uh, this month, was uh, building a kind of network of design scouts of people who are located in different cities, who have this kind of design eye, who are tapped into the mentality like you have, um, and can kind of refer spaces, can tell us, hey, um, in Austin, in Savannah, Georgia, these are some amazing pieces, these are the best design spaces, and these are the people that you should start connecting with to get tapped into the scene there that's interesting it's a good idea yeah I, well i mean look user sourced material for for social for digital has always been 
the best. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you have to use it, but it's a great way to find things. Yeah. Right? That's why it was created in the first place. Yeah. Which I think is great. So how do creatives get involved with, with WeScover? And now, I say that knowing the answer to the question, because uh, Convo by Design has a, what do, you, what do you call it? Like a creator page. A page. Yeah. Okay. So we have a page on there, which, which has, has, has um, mapped three years of our design mm -hmm. at the West Edge Design Fair, which we're leading up to again. And so you guys are going to be doing that again for us yep. this year, which is really cool. How do, how do creatives get involved with you? Um, so we um, we just invite them to create a page to kind of map their work. A lot of times um, they'll be referred by each other, their communities, um, and we just kind of try and, and find every piece that they have. And we're really focused on mapping sold works. So figuring out um, if they had this buyer for this restaurant, what does it look like in context? A big challenge for them is, uh, especially artists, like fine artists, is connecting with that home buyer, or the people to find those images of it and to locate them. So it's almost like a historical record of where all their uh, finished pieces end up in the world. So they sign themselves up mm -hmm. and they manage their own pages? Yes. Okay. So can creators, so you talk about, oh, go ahead. No. You talk about creators, um, can they sell? So they, um, we're not monetizing any of the You're sales not. right now, but um, That's interested be buyers can absolutely inquire through, uh, through the site. So we allow them to message each other almost like a Craigslist where you have an encrypted message um, and they can decide if they want to like connect with that person. A lot of times it's fans saying, hey, I spotted your piece here. I want to send you a photo so you can add it to your map. Or if it's um, you know an interior designer saying, hey, I have this project. You're perfect for it. Let's connect and, and get this started. Um, and some of, some of the fine artists, their um, inquire buttons go to their gallerist directly. So instead of connecting with them, you're kind of connecting with that um, salesperson or somebody to kind of get started on the the acquisition of that piece. I've got to I've got to believe that that the sales side of it is has got to be part of the business plan for the future. Yeah, we're thinking the the difficult or one of the challenges is we're bringing together creators of all kinds. So you have artists, designers, interior designers. They all have different business models, different pricing plans, different lead times, different strategies. And that becomes pretty complex. Um, something that the majority of them are saying is they want sales support. They want those tools. They want added functionality. They want, um, you know, help with managing communications, help with kind of even just adding a buy now button um, for ones that are already in production. Um, so we're, so we're exploring the idea of almost having a premium version where you can kind of have those sales support resources if it's something that you want, but we want to really focus on that map and focus on giving um, any type of creator all of the functionality that we have now for free. So where, where do you imagine WeScover fits in the digital landscape, in, in the lives and worlds of individual creators? depends when. <laughs> um, I think, and, and I guess who you're talking to, because for some people, um, you know, if you're, you're a really well-established designer or artist in your career, you don't need help with sales. You're, it can be, become a really great uh, like catalog and legacy piece of tracking where your work existed and where it, where it might move to, um, which I think could be really cool for, for other like rising stars and rising designers. It could be, um, you know, a great way to kind of start their careers to show that they're credible, um, to kind of showcase their work and where they've sold it to. Um, the long vision, which is what I'm really excited about, is when the technology piece and visual search come in, comes into play. So instead of looking down at your phone and 
texting into Google who made the chairs in Belota, you'll be holding it up to um, just open your camera and exploring spaces like that. And I think that's going to be universally adopted within the next two years. Um, that soon, really? Mm-hmm. That's because I think I th- I'm fascinated by that. I think it's amazing. I think that is going to be, you know, the quote unquote game changer mm-hmm. because it's 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 akin to face recognition. Yeah. Right. Which is amazing because if you can do that with a product or, or a logo or well, if you have a service mark or a logo, then you don't really need yeah. to do it, do you? But to, to do it with the architecture of a chair or something like that is is amazing. Mm-hmm. You think two years ish. That's it. So we, we've already um, collaborated with Google Lens and we're already starting to see that happen organically with our content. So um, kind of the long vision that we're building to is any room can be a showroom, which is a game changer for artists and designers, especially, um, you know, small scale producers, because they don't have to pay for the overhead of having a showroom. As soon as something's on the map and it's discoverable in a space, that means that you're discoverable. That's a touch point with a new consumer. That's a, you know, a new fan that can finally discover you so easily in the click of a button, it's going to be amazing. So ultimately, any any experience really is about how the user uses it and how they make the most out of it, mm-hmm. right? Do you do you have creatives across the country that are that are really using this to its full potential? And if so, what are they doing? How are they using this to to make this really work for them? Yeah, I mean there. Are, Again, there are so many different types of use cases for creators and what they want to accomplish with it. I think, again, Fern Chairs are a great example. They're really using it to show their credibility um, with the number of Michelin star restaurants that have bought their chairs, which are hugely like high traffic spaces. Those chairs get abused on a daily basis <laughs> and they really hold up. And that was one of their um, ways that they wanted to test the, the durability and kind of prove the the longevity of their work. Um, and so as they're going to move into doing like home sales and making them really accessible to the public, that's a great use case to kind of prove to their consumer this is, this is going to last you generations, like literally. <laughs> um, and so that's one. There's there's, there's also artists like Ashley Longshore who's used the platform to kind of map her work to share, um, you know, different buyers that she's had and showcase like her work at Bergdorf Goodman's, which is a really cool um, thing to dive into. And then um, we also love to kind of see how the media uses our, our site to, to fact check stuff and to create pieces and connect with artists. So from there, a writer from Inc. did a story on her and kind of her business finding her on the side and, and wanting to see oh, how did how did she make this happen? That's really interesting. So the individuals, the individual mm-hmm. creatives that, that you're using, or maybe they're not, cre- the influencers that mm-hmm. you're using to find creatives in individual markets, how did you go about finding them? We have a lot of them come to us, like either through referrals and, and friends, and you know they're typically tapped into a creative network, so if they've heard of Wiescover through there, um, that's always a great entry point. Um, we're also looking at I have a background in travel, so travel writers to me are just the perfect crossover of, okay, you love going to design spaces, why don't you dig a little deeper and like see see the story behind the space? Um, and yeah, we're just kind of finding people organically. I think right now we're in a, in a phase where things are moving so quickly and th- we're getting so much interest from different angles that um, anybody that wants to connect with us, we're happy to give them the time and see how we can get them involved. When does that stop? Because well, that has to stop at some point. Because you know, it's it's, it's really interesting when you're when you're new mm-hmm. and you're starting out. You want to bring in, you want to be all inclusive. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to specialize. 
Yeah, I mean, we're also seeing that with kind of this Design Scouts program. Like, we are being exclusive of who we invite to be those curators and whose voices we want to amplify. Um, but I don't ever see WeScover as being, you know, um, the the deciding factor of what's cool, what's hot, what's, you know, we're not, we're not curators ourselves. We're not designers and artists ourselves and taste and style are very personal. Um, we want to make everything that we can discoverable. And I think from that, um, just like on Instagram, you can decide what you follow and people, um, you know, get upvoted that way. <laughs> Is there voting? Um, we do have a like function. Okay. Um, so interesting. So as Facebook explores getting rid of a like function, mm -hmm. um, Where's where's the? It's currency. Likes are currency. So mm -hmm. is is that something that you keep, or do you explore different ways of taking that acceptance in that currency and maybe it, it, <clears throat> having it displayed in a different way? What's interesting, like how you on the back end use that like as as a tool or a way to collect information. So. Um, on one, tam on one hand, my team, the editorial team, their likes are weighted. So um, if they like oh, something, that's how we upvote something on the team of like, okay, this is you know an amazing creator. This piece is exactly the format that we're looking for. It has an amazing story behind it. Like, like it, upvote it. And uh, we also have different ways that we can rank score things in our database. Um, for maybe an average consumer, maybe they would like that like button to become almost like a Pinterest page. So something you like becomes a part of a collection. Um, there are so many different ways you can kind of use that um, as a trigger for different curation, I guess. So you do put your thumb on the scale a bit, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my thought is you, you have to, if you're starting the, the platform and you mm -hmm. want your platform to be a certain thing, you have to sort of curate yeah. a, a little bit, I guess, until you reach critical mass and then you can just let let the people take over yeah right I think for for our team it's also about um, kind of user education and adoption of showing creators um, the type of content and structure that works best for them so um, we're all about showing the work in context so we don't want to just see um, your product with a white background that's that's not inspiring to consumers that's not giving them uh, the inspiration to see, imagine it in their own space um, so we're trying to kind of find the best examples of what um, works on our site and what we're looking for to encourage more of a, those kinds of uploads. And it works. Like as soon as we start, you know, sharing examples, even just an emailing a screenshot and it's like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to. Oh, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> okay, so for us, next week, and I'm I'm glad we're talking this week, we can do the we can do the live tutorial. <laughs> this yeah. is how I want to do this, right? So next week we have West Edge mm -hmm. Design Fair in Santa Monica, Barker Hanger. And Weescover is going to be mapping the programming lounge mm -hmm. which we were, we're producing all of the programming for the event so 15 events over three days mm -hmm. um, I think we have over 70 creatives who are going yeah. to be participating in this which is great so as we go what do I what do I as someone who is curating this large group of, of creatives designers architects artists that sort of thing mm -hmm. what do I need to tell them how do I prepare them for this how do how would you like your users and you, those who are submitting to, to put the best foot forward and to best prepare themselves for the experience or to make the best experience for your users? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I come from a digital content background, so I'm always <laughs> looking at the world through that lens. Um, I see West Edge as an amazing entry point. So um, 
being a part of that space page, a part of that map, a part of um, your collection of people that you're talking to at this space um, is, is a, first of all, a piece of credibility and, a, and an entry point for a new user to discover you. Um, once they, they do, what are you going to show them? What, what, what are the best examples of your work? Where have you sold it to? Um, I would recommend any creator from West Edge should create a, create a page about their work, um, show their work in context, showcase some of the buyers that they've had, especially if they're public spaces, and places that an average consumer could go and actually have a tactile experience with their work. So restaurants, hotels, bars, like um, private homes are beautiful too, but some, some place where somebody can have a real authentic experience, I think those are the best examples on the site. How user-friendly is the interface when someone goes to create a, a, a space for themselves? It's pretty straightforward. Um, we also have an amazing community team, so they're always available to help, and a lot of times we'll call it a white glove, so we'll kind of help get them going and even upload a couple of examples for them from their website or their Instagram and say, hey, this is the format to follow, this is what looks best, here are the examples I chose that I thought would work perfectly on your page. Cool, okay, so in closing, Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say to either the creative community or the end user community with regard to WeScover and, and getting started? Because, you know, everyone's got sort of like their niche. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when Twitter first came online and it was like, oh my gosh, they're doing this now. And it's so mundane and pedestrian. It's like, no, nowadays, nobody would ever care what you were doing at the time. Yeah. So the, the platforms change. Because the platforms change and the profiles change, you know, kind of starting at a point where you don't have to go back and scrub past work to make it special mm-hmm. now. How do you how do you recommend? And this is a question that I get asked all the time: is to how to make how do creatives make their social media profiles more user friendly, more eye catching, more mm-hmm. engaging? I get that all the time. Do you yeah. do you have a do you have guidelines for that? I mean. I think that the the strongest profiles, and I think we are different from like an Instagram or a Facebook where um, I don't expect people would go back and scrub old posts. I think they would just add to them because really the core thing about it is a map. It's showing your presence and showing your design footprint around the world. So the more pieces you have there, the more they become a legacy for you. Um, I look at that kind of core piece of, of a byline as your work in a space by you um, as the way that you get discovered. So the more items that you have on the map, the more opportunities you have to be found. So, um, of course, in terms of visual content, that's always the most engaging piece to somebody to kind of find you. But I also see as the technology progresses, as that in-person discovery as being the more important thing of of having, you know, that credit of this is my work in this space and somebody being able to look you up there and figure out that, that you're the creator behind that. Um, so I think that's the, the really core of it. And of course, beautiful eye-catching imagery to browse on the website. Yeah, that's great too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So very excited. Um, if you want to go check our page out, there's not a ton on it, but there will be. There will be after the after this week. There's going to be a ton. So go to WeScover um, and look for Convo by Design, or you can also look in the show notes, and I'll provide a link to that. I will also provide a link to WeScover so you can check it out in general, and maybe we'll you know maybe we'll also put a link to um, the create your own profile page yeah. so so folks can start their own. And we're actively looking for design scouts, so if anybody wants to connect with us there, um, shoot us an email. Where? What's the email address? Editorial at wescover.com. See that? You're a resource now. <laughs> Editorial at wescover.com. No, that's awesome. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That's a wrap. 
on this episode of Convo by Design. Thank you, Allison, for your time. Thank you, Walker Zanger, for your generous support of the show. And thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. It's easy. You can find the show everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Or ask Alexa, say, hey, Alexa, play Convo by Design podcast. And she will. Until next week, stay healthy and keep creating. Mm -hmm.